You just heard Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., a sound artwork created specifically for this program by Belfast-based artist and writer Una Walker. In the artist's words, In the past, when I have been anxious and lying awake in the night, the sounds of the early morning, birds outside and aircraft high above, provided reassurance and perhaps sleep. Now the fear that keeps me awake is that the aircraft and all that they represent will overwhelm and obliterate the birds and all their habitats. You're listening to Ears Have Eyes on CJSW 90.9 FM. We're your hosts, Caitlin Brown and Wayne Garrett, and we're broadcasting from Treaty 7 territory in southern Alberta, home to the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutina First Nation, the Stony Nakoda, and Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. This month, we're featuring part two of Sound Death. Artists and musicians responded to the theme with sounds that are endangered, delicate, and increasingly rare. Some works on today's program are related to human death and decomposition. Others focus on overbreeding, extinction, fictional field recordings, and mythical explorations of sleep as a death-like state of being. For more context, you can listen to part one of Sound Death by visiting our website, hibernationproject.ca. Later on this program, you'll hear an interview with internationally renowned sound artist Jakob Kierkegaard, speaking about his death-oriented work, Opus Mors. But first, we'll revisit Fragments of Sonic Extinction, an online sound exhibition you can find at fragmentsofsonicextinction.net. Fragments of Sonic Extinction commissioned a new composition by German artist and musician Benny Brachtel. Overbreeding uses recordings of French bulldogs as a point of departure, translated into an eerie and disconcerting composition for solo cello. The piece focuses on the French bulldog and the sounds of their omnipresent heavy breathing, which is caused by systematic overbreeding. This is Overbreeding by Benny Bechtel. Thank you. 
I was really looking for some things that I could record that sort of that really had a lot of energy, like a sound with a lot of energy. I guess like all artists are looking for something like a color, like Eve Klein, he found that blue color. You know, it was like his color and it was like, wow, magical color. And um, I think uh, that that I was able to record the, this uh, human, these human corpses turning into nature. It's such an essential and natural thing, yet many of us are so alienated from this. It's not really that kind of body type we meet out in the media or out in the sort of beauty or in Euroman or whatever the magazines are called and, or, or Rolling Stone or whatever. It's about being perfect and beautiful. And uh, here it's really some other kind of beauty or aesthetics, if you will. You're tuned in to Ears Have Eyes on CGSW 90.9 FM in Calgary, Mokensis. On today's program, we're listening to internationally recognized sound artist Jakob Kierkegaard discussing his work Opus Mors, a sound artwork sharing the death process in four parts, morgue, autopsy, cremation, and decomposition. Jakob and his microphone were granted unprecedented access to death-related spaces, We're featuring the fourth part of his work on today's program, 
Decomposition Sounds, recorded by the artist at a Texas-based forensic study facility where donated human bodies are placed in an enclosed nature area and studied in various states of decomposition. Now back to Jakob Kierkegaard, discussing his work, Opus Mors. Since I'm a person who listens a lot, and that's what I do, I couldn't help thinking about you know, the sound aspects of death, especially because the, the visual is so strong and uh, in a way, I think, for me at least, taking over and sort of blurring the whole thing. And, and so I thought, could there be um, some way to listen to, to death? Sound is so time-based and death is also, in a way, time-based, and then it's also not. You know, they, we're talking about infinity, like eternity. You know, when we are dead, we are going to be dead for forever, you know, for the next thousands of years. We're going to be dead. I mean, somebody has been de- dead now for 10,000 years. So it's a, it's a long time. It's, a, it's another time dimension we, we step into uh, once we die. And and likewise, t- uh, sound is is something you know. I I start recording and then I have to decide for how long time I record. So it's also time based in a way, but in a in a in a very different way. The forensic anthropology center that I visited, uh, they also called Body Farm. It's like an enclosed uh, forest area for the uh, the researchers to to observe what happens to to corpses when they naturally decompose. Um, so they're looking for all kinds of people uh, of body types to donate themselves to, to this uh, study. They have um, different corpses lying around which are in, in different uh, decomposition stages. There, one had just been laid out there. He was really like just like a, 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 a naked uh, dead man and lying there and uh, with uh, some flies on, on him and with wide open eyes and... And uh, others were in sort of more in the this uh, stage two, which is sort of the more um, swallowing part. And uh, stage three, the the more sort of uh, really a sort of rotting part where all the fluids uh, release the body. And then there are, are corpses that have been there for years, where at first all the plants and all the life was just gone around the, the corpse just disappeared because it's so toxic. But after a while, it becomes like a fertilizer. So a lot of plants are growing uh, there where the corpse was. So around the, the what is just uh, skeleton bones, you have a lot of, of um, green plants and so on growing there. The ones I recorded were sort of the rotting process where, where all the fluids are leaving the body where the maggots are really working and doing their job. And uh, so that's where you could actually, when you're standing in front of a corpse, you could actually hear it, uh, this, this, uh, the sound of the maggots. But if you take a very sensitive microphone and, and put it very close by or inside the corpse, as I also got permission to do with the help of them, uh, I was able to really record the activity of... of um, yeah, how it sounds like when uh, when we disappear, uh, when nature is doing its job, so to speak. It's very interesting, um, and I know that you've gone through this process with various interviewers, um, 
but it is very hard to like pull back from that like visceral feeling of gore in relation to discussing the dead body. Um, and yet we all die. Like this is one of the few certainties of being alive. And I wonder if we can retract for a moment to talk about this fascination with death and where that, um, what, what the impetus of this overall project was for you. I think there were various uh, motivations for, for doing it. I guess like all other artists, we are all curious, looking for how can we expand or how can we go deeper? And uh, I like to think about that. I like to really, really think or really feel and uh, to ask myself, like, what is it that I really want? Many people don't want to feel or many people don't want to actually go like uh, go into life or deep into depth of things where it hurts or where where it's dangerous or where it touches you really it's risky you know but i i have this idea that if i confront my um uh, deepest fear or deepest desire or it's kind of same thing in a way but if i sort of um meet that place and work with it then I uh, I feel empowered and more healed and because I feel that I have approached it and so and I think with that with death that's the, sort of the ultimate fear that sort of the uncanny thing I guess uh, for most of us uh, or for me at least I mean I don't want to die you know I, I love life so it's so weird to be able to ponder about that. So I thought if I could if I could get access to something there and listen to it and go there with my microphones and and uh, record the, this uh, human these human corpses turning into nature. It's such an essential and natural thing. Yet uh, many of us are so alienated from this. You're listening to my interview with Jakob Kierkegaard. We're taking a break to listen to an excerpt from his work, Opus Patesco. We'll return to the interview shortly. Thank <laughs> you. 
You just heard an excerpt from Opus Patesco, a sound artwork by Danish artist Jakob Kierkegaard. This work was recorded at a body farm, a facility studying the decomposition of human bodies. We now return to an interview with Jakob Kierkegaard on Sound Death, Part 2. As for the uh, so-called body farm, uh, I sp- explicitly wrote them that I wasn't interested in uh, doing uh, any any visual, uh, any pho- photography, also because I knew that this is what everybody wants to do. And uh, so I explicitly wrote that I'm not interested in this. This, this project is about sound and uh, it's about listening and it's about listening in a, in a somber way, like in a total sort of an observing way without drama, making drama. So these two things I wrote. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, I, I'm sure that I could have done a lot of great photographs there. <laughs> you know, it, it was an incredible, an incredible sight. But, you know, I had to stick to my, uh, to my plan, of course, uh, and, and not to do photographs. And I mean, when I recorded the, uh, the autopsy and uh, the forensic pathologist there, he started cutting the brain in slices, in pieces. Oh, it looked so beautiful. I, I, was, I was really like, I really, really, really wanted to do a photograph, but, you know, I, I couldn't. On the other hand, then I come out with a, with a project that doesn't have any visual side to it, but it's sort of, maybe it evokes something inside. I think that's very true. You had suggested this interview, which I am very grateful for, Jakob. It seems to me that there is a reason for that. Like there is a reason perhaps to accompany this type of work with some sort of um, verbal explanation. Um, And I'm curious about how you approach that as an auditory artist, uh, the importance of sort of uh, verbal explanation to the listener. That's a good question. It's difficult to explain. Who has ever listened to the sound of a rotting corpse? I don't think many people have heard that sound, which means that it could be any sound. It could be whatever. I could play anything for you, almost. And, you know, I could play the sound of uh, oil on a pan being cooked or something. And then tell you, this is the sound I recorded, because you don't know what it is. Uh, at the same time, once you listen to it, it's like... Oh, is that it? That's the sound? Okay. Most people accept it and say, okay, that's the sound. And then your brain starts to work. You know, it starts to connect the sound you hear. You take it in and you connect that sound to the imagination that you have. And then the sound starts to get a meaning. It becomes potent because it's happening between you and the sound. The sound itself doesn't contain anything, you could argue. It's you who creates it. So somebody once asked me in, a, in an artist talk, how can we be sure that this is actually what you recorded? And I said to him, you can't. I cannot prove it. it when I work with these uh, very sort of explicit topics, I like to combine it with uh, some kind of explanation if you will it is also interesting in in the other way i tried it once just to play it and then to ask uh, 
what do you think it is? You know, could you could you ponder about what it is? And all kinds of interesting ideas about what it was came up that had nothing to do with with this. So um, so that is also an interesting way to do it. But it's just to connect the dots and to make your brain work. You've been listening to Danish sound artist Jakob Kierkegaard on Ears Have Eyes. This episode is part two of a two-part series around sound death. You can learn more about all the works on today's program and listen to part one of sound death by visiting hibernationproject.ca. The next piece on our program, Nature Calls, comes from UK-based Belgian sound artist Mishka Henner. Commissioned as part of Fragments of Sonic Extinction, this work consists of humans imitating animal sounds and artificial distress calls performed by hunters using devices designed to attract prey. As climate situations worsen and animal habitats become more threatened, the artist wonders, will the remaining sounds of nature only be those that humans can evoke? This is Nature Calls by Mishka Henner.
LNS catalog number 163685. LNS catalog number 89580. LNS catalog number eight nine five eight one.
LNS catalog number 90238. You just heard the final piece from Fragments of Sonic Extinction, a 42-second composition called Los Magnolios Reserve's Imaginary Funk Band, a track crafted by interdisciplinary musician and Israeli sound artist Tomer Baruch. The piece responds with optimism to conservation efforts in the Colombian Andes, a critical biological corridor that is threatened by imminent fragmentation and deforestation. Tomer supports This Is My Earth, an activist organization that purchases land and donates its ownership to local organizations. Prior to that, you heard Die Abschaffung der Arten, The Abolition of Species, by Austrian musician and sound artist Fabian Landsmeyer, taking the form of a fictional archive of field recordings. Each nature sound in the composition is meticulously recorded using processed and synthetic sounds to create the simulations of a tropical environment. We're reaching the end of this month's program of Ears Have Eyes, Sound Death Part 2. We want to send a special thank you to Fragments of Sonic Extinction and Laura Margaret Ramsey in particular for facilitating access to many works from their project. Visit their interactive exhibition and sound art website at fragmentsofsonicextinction.net. To listen to Part 1, learn more about this month's artists, or submit your own sound-based work to next month's program visit hibernationproject.ca and find the tab Ears Have Eyes. Our August theme is Forest Perspective, Whispers, Wildfires, and Rewilding Words. The final piece on our program comes from Domenico Di Simone, professor of electroacoustic composition at the Umberto Giordano Music Conservatory in Italy. Hypnos comes from the mythology of Hypnos and Thanatos, Sleep and Death. By way of explanation, Domenico writes, Death mirrors sleep because it is the latter that interacts with life. It is life itself, while death represents its mirror opposite. Life is mirrored in death. Now hypnosis is introduced. Thanatos can wait. 
This is Hypnos by Domenico de Simone.